Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Welcome to Broken Catholic. Today, our featured guest is Rob Reynolds, and our topic is contraception. There's nothing wrong with taking the pill. Everyone does it, right? So, Rob, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks, Joseph. Great to be here. Cool. So now, as always, this podcast is not about who our guest is or what they've achieved in life. Uh, It's really about what do they stand for, right? So today, Rob, we're talking about contraception. And, you know, I think so many um, Catholics, uh, so many Christians, non-denominational, really, if we just remove the label and just looked at the topic itself. Um, where do we stand on that topic, right? So I'm going to get right into the meat and potatoes. Before we get into the topic specifically, I'd like to start with this question, uh, and it's much broader. Why do you think the world isn't working right now? What shows up for you there? The world as a, as as a, a whole, whole or in the context of contraception? Well, I mean... As a whole? As yeah. a whole, I think it, it, it goes right back to Adam and Eve, and maybe even before that, to... Uh, um, Adam and Eve before that to Lucifer probably you know it's just it comes down to pride you know not not doing what we're called to do but doing what we want to do hmm. so it's a it's a totally different orientation the first the first orientation is outward and the second one's inward hmm. so I think when the the individuals of the world face inward then the world becomes inward and that becomes a problem so you know I I yeah, I think it's not trusting in, in God and surrendering to his will and uh, instead using, using ourselves as, as the judge and jury and calibrating things according to that. And when we do that, the, the world goes awry. So first off, I think you just deep dived right into the topic with that because it's so relevant, pride, contraception, right? So we're going to get into that in a second. So... First, I, I, I want to kind of push back a little, right? Because sure. where most of us are is like, I think you're right. And I think we all can agree. It's like, yeah, I kind of have this hell-bent tendency. That's my humanity, right? That's mm-hmm. what I wrestle with all the time. It's like, uh, you know, even St. Paul says it, right? It's like, I know what I want to do for God, but yet I fight against my own flesh and its selfish de- desires to do the opposite, right? So what shows up for you there? Like, because it's easy to say, oh, well, this is why the world's not working. This is why we're in trouble. We choose ourselves as pretty much God, mm-hmm. our own pride, over our creator. So, like, how, do, how has that shown up in your own life? How have you, uh, you know, really wrestled that and won or still wrestling that, still struggling with that? Mm-hmm. Kind of take us there. <clears throat> sure. So, I mean, it's, I would say it's a daily battle. So, where do I, I'll start with where I lose lose the battles um, I think it comes down to you know just wanting wanting things done my way 
whether it's at home, um, in the workplace, whatever. And being concerned with the outcome based on what, what it, how I project it's going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. rather than allowing the, the other players in, in the field, whether it's the world, whether it's God, whatever the case is, individuals and business, whatever, um, <clears throat> allowing them to, to determine and co-create it, mm. um, depending too much on myself. Um, and then, you know, selfishly not allowing things to, to get in the way of, of my trajectory of where I see going or what, what I want to happen. Um, so, you know, in, at home, for instance, impatience with, with my kids, you know, <laughs> should, you know, I look, I look back on, on times where I really lose my cool and, you know, start yelling or punish one of the kids, you know, short, short temperedly. Mm. And a hundred percent of the time I regret it, you know? Um, so why do you think you do it? Like, cause you look back and you're like, I just did it again. Right. Exactly. So why? Yeah. And I, and I think about that, like, why did I just do that? You know, it's, it's because I'm planning on something working out a certain way mm. and not factoring in the innocence and joy of kids mm. and, and the natural spontaneity that comes up with kids doing their thing, whether it's, you know, at dinner and the extra time it takes to get settled there or the silliness that's, that's happening between them on a joke when we're trying to discuss stuff or being interrupted, you know, things like that, you just, you have to embrace it. And on my best days, that's, that's what I do. And yeah. And there's a lot of harmony that comes from it. And on my worst days, I don't tolerate it at all. Mm. And people go to bed and with, you know, and there's discouragement, probably most so for me, but definitely, you know, disheartened, a degree of dis, disheartened children as well. So and you don't want that. Yeah. I, as a father of children, I have to reflect my father in heaven. Yeah. And that's their experience. That's their first experience with God the Father through, through, through their own father. So that might seem to, to some listeners as not a big deal, but it's a very, it, it is a big deal. And especially if you don't correct it because it, those little chips stack up and all of a sudden, I mean, my kids would be young adults mm. and they don't, they don't have faith. Why? Because their father didn't model it. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna allow that to happen. And that's why I, I I'm diligent in my prayer life and things like that. Because you see that traject out, and and you wonder why there's so many Christians and Catholics that the next generation they don't have that faith. You know, and now you have the what do they call them? The nuns, the nun generation. They don't believe in anything. They believe in nothing, you know. Oh, I've never heard that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the nuns. nuns. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. nuns. So they believe in nothing, and it, it it's a result of this, you know, that their parents are, you know, ethnically Catholic or ethnically Christian. Yeah, yeah. They labeled that, right? It's generational. But they don't, right? But they don't live it, right? And if you don't live it, then people aren't going to follow it. So was there a time in your life, in your marriage, uh, raising kids, where you were not living it? And if so, how did you transition like that? Because there's, you know, you're listening right now and maybe you're like, hey, Rob, that's really cool. That sounds awesome. Uh, it's warm and fuzzy. Uh, I'm not there. Yeah. I'm just not there yet. I want to be. 
I know where I want to go, right? But like you were saying, my pride or whatever, I don't call it my pride, but I just want to go do this right now. I want it to be about me. I come home from work. I'm exhausted. I want my kids to fall in line. They don't. So I lose my temper. And honestly, that's what my dad did to me. And it's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine that I do that to them. Right. Yeah. I, I, you know, there's, as far as being a hypocrite goes, there's always, there are always times when in various degrees where I've been hypocritical. But, you know, Joseph, I'm, I'm familiar with your, your story and your conversion. And, you know, you're, you're more of the, the drastic St. Paul type, you know, you fall hard and you, and you, and you get up and you get up aggressively and yeah, that's and, called really stubborn and really and, prideful and, and run up to the top of the mountain. You know, I'm, I'm more of a turtle type, you know, and I'll, <laughs> I slowly just keep climbing and, and do it like that, you know? And, uh, so I think, I don't, I don't, I think intellectually I was not totally engaged in my faith, but I grew up in a household where my dad was very diligent, diligent about praying together as a family. And, you know, and it, it's, it's not the typical thing that most people experience, but I, had a, I was blessed with a very loving father and very patient father. And, um, and again, that's how I encountered God the Father through him, and it's a very loving mm. image for me, you know? Did um, he also have his weak moments where he would lose his cool temper, yell at you guys, and show yeah, up but not his best? Yes, he did, but very rarely. Okay. I would say I probably do it more so than, than he did. And... Uh, um, but you know, I had a great model there, but then I had to intellectually grasp the faith mm-hmm. at, after I left home and mm-hmm. I went to a college, Franciscan university that really helped me in that direction, you know, and that was, that was a hardcore push from my, my, uh, parents, you know, where they volun they voluntold me <laughs> that I'm going to uh, Franciscan. So so there is where I had to battle with the, a lot of these different issues, especially contraception, because I just was not getting like, how is this any different from say natural family planning? Like if someone doesn't want kids, they're either using contraception or they're not, but they're still trying to avoid having kids. Like, so how is it different? You know, and I had to, I was challenging professors. I was reading books. I had to do a lot of that stuff to overcome it. Why do you think that that was so important to you? Like you actually did research on it where most people be like, I don't care. I'm just doing what I want. Right. Um, good question. You know, probably grace really, but I think I'm, I'm a very convicted person um, in general. If I had to describe myself in a couple of words, convicted would be one of them. Like I have to believe in my lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I have to be convicted of it. There's some people, what, what they do is I think many people, they, they live according to how they believe at a certain time, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll rationalize, rationalize behavior. So if they're, if they're living a certain way of life, they'll say, this is good. This is how it should be. And then if they change, yeah, yeah. And if they change that style, then they'll say, well, that wasn't right. That last style, this is right. You know, for me, I'm, I'm the type of, this is how it is. And once, once I come to the realization that, you know what, this, this is the right way to do things, then I'll just openly admit this is the right way to do things and I'm not doing it like this all the time. Mm. And then I'll go to confession and things like that and that's what it's for. But I'm, I don't rationalize it. Mm. I just say, all right, I gotta get, I gotta, I gotta, you know, 
um, apologize, yeah. make make these right, and then I got to get back on track. So, so what I'm hearing you say is that you really <clears throat> pursue truth in general, right? And Absolutely. It's like, I want to know what is the truth around this topic so that I can frame my whole lifestyle around this for the next rest of my life. Sure. Not for this, just my, this stage of my life. What can I do? What's the bare minimum? What can I get away with without, you know, sure. getting thrown into hell, so to speak. Right. Um, it's like, what is the truth behind this? What does God say on this topic? And then, yeah, I'm going to fall short. Mm-hmm. I'm broken, right? Hence broken Catholic. Um, but I'm going to get back up constantly and, and aspire to that excellence that God calls us to mm-hmm. in that is that kind of clarifying it a little? No, I think I think you nailed it. Saint Saint Augustine, he he described theology. He he defined it as faith seeking understanding. You know, a lot of us want to understand things before we believe it. Yeah. Well, that's not what theology is all about. Theology is about believing it and see, then seeking to understand why it is the way. So how did you do that, right? Because are are you the kind of guy that um, you need to know it? get it first in your head before you act upon it or are you more wired to no I naturally can trust and, and just put faith first and then God will reveal the, the, the head stuff to me I can <clears throat> there's probably a little bit of both but I think for the most part I'm a pretty <clears throat> pretty trusting person it, I need to the person I have to be inclined to trust them yeah. And then if they if they say a certain thing to, from a person I really respect, then I'll believe it. Mm. Right? So my faith was I got my faith from my parents, who you highly loved, trusted. Trusted, right? Yeah. And then over time, I, w- I was like, okay, I believe in this, but I want to understand it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to seek to disprove it. You really that, set out to disprove. Yeah, I mean not that I want, I didn't want it disproved, but you I had to go to about right it like, it. like yeah. Aquinas. Like that was yeah. the approach of Aquinas. He's going to give the best argument. He's going to lay out the question. And then he's going to give the very best arguments he possibly can against it. Yeah. And then he's going to give the arguments that beat out all of them in favor, you know? Um, and that's, that's how I wanted to go about it. I wanted, you know, I, society is already telling me all the good reasons that this stuff is wrong. Christianity in general right yeah. all the good reasons that it's wrong so I have a lot of the disproving it already mm-hmm. and now I'm chal- I'm using those questions to challenge my professors and you know select books based on based on that to really like because if I'm if I'm I have to intellectually then understand it so I can defend it yeah. you know and um, so I started out believing it and, and complying with it but then I was like man this is this is really hard to do. This is a this is a, a tough topic, and we're obviously in a a very open culture, and mm. I'd say very sexual culture. Some people try to call it puritanical. I don't I don't think so. Um, but so very sexual. You're you're immersed in it, mm-hmm. and of course in college, you know, you you meet a bunch of people. You meet you meet very attractive women, all this stuff, and you have this freedom that you didn't have. Yeah, and uh, you really have to be grounded to make the right decision. So I wanted I wanted to intellectually understand why the church teaches this. Mm. You know. So Cool. So I yeah, I th- first off, thanks for going there, right? Cuz mm-hmm. you gave us a really good foundational framework mm-hmm. of Rob Reynolds and and the environment that you grew up in. 
Now, you may be listening right now and saying, well, I didn't grow up in that environment. You know, I, I found my faith later in life or I'm still wrestling with faith or, you know, I want to believe. I have friends that are Christians, they're Catholics, whatever. Uh, I want to believe in what they believe. I want to believe that I'm not an accident, that there is a purpose to my life, that I'm here for a reason. Um, but I need to get it in the head. I'm one of those people. I need to analyze it. It needs to make uh, you know, that linear uh, sense to me. Um, and, it, and if it doesn't line up, boom, in my head, it's, it's very difficult for me to allow it into my heart. And, and that's a challenge. That's a challenge, right? What could you say um, to them? You know, this person listening in their car right now, um, what would you say to them if, if they don't, they weren't raised in that faith, in that mm-hmm. safe environment, protected environment, and they really need to get in their head first before they can be trusting and, mm-hmm. and, and really submit with faith? Well, I'd say this, look, every, everybody has to trust to a degree. And if you're, if you're living a life, for instance, contraception being the topic here, if you're living a life and buying into contraception and the pill and everything else, you're trusting in society and you're trusting in, you know, all of the marketing and, and advertising that is supporting all of, all of the various types of contraception and saying it's good for you and the world's overpopulated and all that stuff. It, that take, that's trust right there. Now, that's a good point. Um, so you're already trusting in, in, in something that I would say you're taking a big leap of faith in. So you're saying I'm already putting my faith in one side. Sure. I mean, I think I, you know, I, I've told atheist friends in the past that I sincerely admire their faith <laughs> because they believe in no God. Mm. I believe in a God. There's a lot of evidence for that. There's, I mean, there's hardly any evidence for, for no God. I mean... That's a very, that, there's a ton of faith in believing mm. in no God, but it's a belief nonetheless. Mm. And, uh, you know, so both sides have it. And, and the same, same is true with faith, um, with faith in, you know, with, in anything, trust in anything. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, in terms of contraception, it starts there with where we already have trust in society telling us one way. You know, prior to prior to this sexual revolution, and you know, contraception really it was used. It was used throughout time, but murder was used throughout time. That's another that's another common argument I hear. Well, contraception, you know, abortion. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you make it illegal, it's still going to be done. Well, that's fine, but it's it's going to be done illegally, and it's going to be done a lot less. Yeah. Same as you know, same is true with with anything else. Now. So it's not a good logical argument to say it's been done before. A lot of people do it, so let's do it. I mean, it's not like we're going to stop it, right? I mean, look, Nazi Germany is just a very easy example, and it's it's relevant. And you know, most people take that and like, well, it's a stark. You know, it's this is mm-hmm. not comparing to Nazis. Well, I, I get it, but Germans, there's the majority of Germans were were great people, you know. But the regime took over, the Third mm-hmm. Reich, Hitler took over, and people are followers. Yeah. So they're there was following a lot of marketing, what, propaganda, yeah, there's propaganda, right? and they follow what the masses did. So, so they, put they didn't faith. question it. Yeah. Not everybody knew that Jews were and, and Christians and you know all sorts of people were getting murdered by the millions. They right. didn't know that, but they turned their head on, on the signs yeah. because 
you know, prosper prosperity was was being promised and power and mm. and people people wanted a better life. And it sounds very similar to today. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's deep dive now into the topic because I know we've gone around it, right? But I really wanted to create that foundational element sure. to it. So contra- contraception, right? There's nothing wrong with taking the pill. Everyone does it, right? And that's exactly what the marketing is telling us, mm-hmm. right? Is first off, you would be considered a minority uh, in today's society of, what do you mean? You, you guys aren't on contraception as a married couple? Like, mm-hmm. there's too many kids in the world. Right. Like. Can you provide for four or five kids? Like, do you realize that that's going to create more unworkability in the world and the world already doesn't work, right? I'm just posing a counter and it's very common. These are the conversations. And these are the conversations with my Catholic friends. These are the conversations with my uh, non-denominational friends, uh, my Protestant friends. These are the conversations with my atheist friends. There's there's still that common uh, theme all the way through of, well, why not? There's nowhere in the Bible, Joseph, show me in the Bible where it says, you know, I can't use contraception. What shows up for you there? Okay. Um, So a a lot of things popped up in my mind. For one, uh, the Lord says, be fruitful and multiply. Right? So... That doesn't mean, you know, behave like rabbits and just have nonstop kids. And, you know, you, you have to factor in your ability to provide and the whole environment around you, um, the needs of your spouse as well. Uh, one thing jumps out at me. I was, I was just at a wedding for my sister-in-law in Wisconsin about three weeks ago, and I met her whole now in-laws mm. um, her husband is one of four four kids and they're from somewhere in Pennsylvania and they her his mother is one of 17 <laughs> kids Dang. 17 kids. 17 kids maybe That's like a reality you know show. maybe it was maybe it was 14 and there was a total of 18 four of them three of them died very young. Wow. Um, and then she was the 17th of 18 or the 13th of 14 living, right? Mm. She was the 17th. And I just thought to myself, without her, there's no Stuart. Stuart married my sister. The one getting married. Yeah. yeah. And just that whole crowd that I'd met from Pennsylvania, everybody was brought together there. They would not, they would not be connected, mm. had her parents not had her, the final child. Right. Exactly. So, and I'm sure there's many people even in that room that would probably hold a very strong opinion that you should have two kids and no and more than done. two kids and all that stuff. But, you know, so much of that room was impacted by that one lady who mm-hmm. was the 17th of 18 or the 13th of 14 and and her parents decision to have a lot of kids now this is obviously not a plug to have 18 children right <laughs> but it just it just really hit me as like wow like you just never know what's going to happen yeah with uh you know when when everything plays out so you know for for myself I have five children 
Yeah. And uh, five, five girls. girls. Five girls. Five That's girls. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, What's the age bracket, age range? Ten is the oldest and yeah. three is the youngest. So uh, that's a you know, tight I, gap, right? Five girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're not in high school yet. So yeah. um, anyone out there that, that uh, could counsel me, I, I could use it. <laughs> Joseph, reach out to Joseph; he could give you my email. Um, but you know, that's 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 a big deal. So that that jumps out at me, right? And then the third thing is this: there's a fact like babies just don't happen. You have to have intercourse, and you have to have intercourse at a time where Your the female is fertile. is fertile. Yeah. Right? So that happens in a certain window of the month. Mm-hmm. And it probably spans maybe six to ten days, depending on how fertile um, the female is. Six to ten days out of a month. So, and then you have your menstru- menstruation period. You, you basically have over half of a month to have sexual relations if you really had to avoid having ch- more children for whatever economic means. Hmm. Now, if you happen to have another child, now th- there were times in our, in our marriage where we were using, that's natural family planning, where we were using that to avoid having children at, at a particular time. So break and that down th- into like two sentences, what you mean by natural family, family planning. Because, you know, sure. he or she are listening right now and, and they're like, well, I don't know what that is. Okay. I, there's either contraception or there's have plenty of kids, uh, you know, have like sure. a litter, like rabbits, like you said. Right. And I don't have the financial means. I don't think the world needs more kids, et cetera, et cetera. Sure, sure. Um, so contraception, let's say contraception is, you know, using either condoms or the pill. Mm. 100% of the time that you're having intercourse, that you're having sex. Um then the other option, the other extreme is just having sex all the time, which I doubt anyone does, maybe. Um, and you mean unprotected? Just, un- yeah. Having unprotected sex all the time. Yeah, outside no of, Outside no of menstruation period. No pills, no nothing. Right. Doing that, um, which, doesn't, which doesn't happen, and, uh, or rarely does. And then, and then what natural family planning is, is using biology and charting methods and temperature and all that to track when the female cycle is is approximately a 28 to 30 day cycle mm-hmm. and a female can chart that you know using using temperature and and, mm-hmm. and you know methods like that there's there's apps out there that really i mean get it down to 98% accuracy of when the female is fertile really? when the woman is fertile yeah 98% 98% so this is a clear alternative to contraception and just being absolutely totally irresponsible. Absolutely, sexually. but look, here's here's the challenge to the alternative. And okay. look, this this is where I genuinely think that most people have the main issue with contraception. It's yeah, being right. challenged because that's I to this day it it would be much easier for me to use contraception. Sure. Okay, and here's just why. As a man, yeah. Here, well, here's why. I mean, we can chart this out as a couple. Mm-hmm. We know when she's fertile, when she's not. Mm-hmm. But when if, when a, a woman is fertile, that's the it's you know she gives off the most most pheromones. Right. So that's she, when the sexual attraction it's is. The, at that's its the highest. sexual peak. It's the sexual peak in the month. Mm. And I'm sleeping next to her. Yeah. You know, like that's that's very challenging. It's challenging for her. It's challenging for me. And 
With contraception, we can just go at it. Yeah. Without it, we have to abstain. Mm. That's that's a discipline. That's mm. a commitment. And the only way I can do that is out of love. Mm. You know, so at, at, on one hand, you could say, and this is where my argument was in college. Oh, well, you're just, if you're not having it, then having sex, then it's, you're avoiding kids anyway. And that's what contraception does. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's still selfish. You know, one of the professors was like, no, you're saying that because you're not, you're not married with a woman sleeping next to her. And, you know, tell me that when you are one day and you're, you're deciding not to have, you know, relations with her on that particular night. So when she's at words, her peak. Yeah, so in other words, uh, your professor is challenging him back, saying, hey, it's easy to talk from the stands. Let me know when you're on the court playing the game. Right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, look, so, I'll, so I'll, I'll challenge the, anyone to, to try it, you know, to try it and see how, see how challenging it is. Yeah. But what I would say is the only reason we're able to do it and do it successfully is out of love. Hmm. explain you know, that explain that love for who love for my spouse love for my kids love for my wife love for my kids um, because you know if, if my wife my wife said a number of c-sections hmm. and so our doctor said you know you you have to you'd have to wait for a, a while a few years mm -hmm. before you get pregnant again or you know she could really have complications. Yeah, she needs to pause, right? Because the body, her female body, can only take so much pregnancy at one time without yeah. a break. With with C sections as well, Especially. because of C sections, yeah. you know, and uh, and she, you know, she wanted a big family as well, and we, I was I was great with that, but you know, so that was a a big challenge to hear that because the easiest way to do that, of course, Joseph, is let's get her on the pill. Or condoms or whatever. And you that way, had, I don't have to worry about getting her pregnant. Because and you would have had every reason to do it because there was physical complications, sure. right? So now you could easily justify mm -hmm. putting her on the pill because, well, God allowed this to happen, right? This physical complication. So why, obviously, He wants us on the pill, right? Right. So how did you wrestle that? Well, let me step back too, and I'll just say yeah. this: three of our five children were conceived during periods right outside what we thought were or right inside what we thought were safe periods mm. so right after peak times where we thought okay we should be good to go because we didn't we didn't want children at that time but we were using a natural method and we ended up getting pregnant so it wasn't it wasn't our will mm. it was god's and we were open to that and it would be stressful at first when I'm like, oh, you know, my wife's like, I'm hey, pregnant. I'm like, oh, man, really? <laughs> so, I'm so happy. But, you know, uh. yeah, so, I mean, even natural family planning, there's there's some, some margin of error. And 2%. <laughs> well, well, Normal. yeah, it's, it's, it's refined a bit since, you know, since we started. And now it's, it's you know, 98%. But yeah. uh, point being, if there's gray area and... And um, you proceed, then you could get pregnant, you know, whereas you it's not going to happen 
Yeah. With contraception. So So what's showing up for me right now, Rob, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm the token single guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't really speak on the court. Sure. Your professor would definitely call me out on this, right? Uh-huh. At the same time, what's showing up for me is it's the difference between me uh, saying, here's my plans and schemes, mm-hmm. Joseph's plans and schemes, whether it be, uh, you know, as a single guy or um, in marriage, right? Okay, now it's Joseph and his wife's plans and schemes. We want, you know, X amount of kids within X amount of years, one boy, one girl. We want to be the, you know, the Joneses, mm-hmm. um, American family. And then there's literally surrendering, what I'm hearing you say, uh, without saying it, surrendering literally to God's will. Um and surrendering to God's will for new life in our family mm-hmm. and allowing God to say the when and where and how many and understanding and trusting um, that he will provide. And that is a muscle that many of us have not fully exercised and it's difficult. So let me ask you this. How difficult was that at first in the early stages of your marriage, a brand new muscle? right? Literally disciplining your sexual appetite with your wife, who you're now free to have intercourse with, Mm -hmm. you know, in the eyes of God, Mm -hmm. he's gifted her to you and vice versa. How difficult was that, that new muscle disciplining yourself, etc. Where, how long did it take, you know, really bring us down to the court um, for those that have not experienced that and really wanting to know what am I in for if I move forward in God's will with this alternative? Sure. Well, so it wasn't it wasn't too difficult at first because you know we pretty much had a honeymoon honeymoon baby and uh, <laughs> nice. you know ten ten months later we had our our first child it got it got very challenging probably after our second um, because we had two children um, a year and a half apart mm. and uh, yeah we were like okay we have to create some space now. And we, we really tried to figure out how to do that. And we knew we knew what had to be done, but as I, as I could say, the when a woman is most fertile, that's the most She's difficult time for her and and for the husband to abstain. And that's abstinence is what you have to do in this in this approach. So, you know, it, it purifies you as a person, but mm-hmm. it's, it's very challenging. And, and it, it comes out as frustration, too. I mean, mm-hmm. it causes, it would cause some arguments, mm-hmm. sexual frustration. Heck yeah, you that's know, very pent real. up, all that. I mean, that causes arguments as Heck well. Yeah. But you know what? The, the risk on the other side is when you eliminate the actual procreative part and the unitive part, of the sexual act, which which is a spiritual act as 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 much as it is physical, mm. and it's it's a sacred act. Mm. It's intimate. It's as intimate as you can get with another person. And when you compromise that by condoms or by the pill, you're not fully giving yourselves to mm. each other. So you're still holding on to some level of selfishness. Yes. Yes, for sure. And I think men tend to objectify women when it comes to sex. You know, there's there's a saying, um, guys use love to get sex, and girls use sex to get love. Mm-hmm. Um, guys say I love you, and they just want sex. You know, and girls 
we'll have sex just to feel for alive. Him, yeah, to say I love you. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, when when girls experience that, and a lot of times this this happens prior to marriage, leading into marriage, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point in marriage, the girl's like, I'm not going to be objectified anymore. You're not going to treat me like that. You're not going to keep treating me like that. And I'm not, I'm not just some, you know, object that you're you're just going to do this to because they, they want more they want to they want to they want intimacy mm. so contraception I think it, it really just creates that that ground for that and it prevents the whole possibility of, of having children which there's no greater joy than having kids mm. there, there isn't and you know for for anyone out there that you know you your kids frustrate you, whatever. You can't wait for them to get back to school, Labor Day, all this stuff. And that's all good. But, you know, we all talk like that as Americans. Talk about what's cool now. It's cool to act like your kids are a huge burden. It is, well, actually. Well, it's, that's yeah. kind of nonsense because the worst thing that could happen to you in your life is if something bad happened to your children. You're right. And nobody would deny that. So then what's up with the contradictory talk, you mm. know? It's just not the case. So interesting perspective, yeah. Because like, if someone was to say your your kid was to be kidnapped or whatever, all other priorities in your life would become secondary, wouldn't they? Absolutely. Everything. Your career. Hit by a car. Whatever. Everything. Yeah. I your mean, kid is that, which means that's where your heart truly is. Is so with your child. Yeah. Good so point. let's let's stop talking it away. That's a great let's distinction. Start, you let's mean. start enjoying it. You know, and you know I've, I I. I'm always seeking wisdom from from people, and especially I look to older older people that have have been there and done it. And I'm always asking questions. And I'll tell you, I I speak with a lot of very successful retired businessmen and women, and um, I'll ask them, you know, just I'm trying to talk about business with them and all, and they just keep going back to their children and their grandchildren mm. and how proud they are of them or or how much regret they have. Yeah, because that's and, their legacy, right? That's our yeah, legacy. and I'm like, I mean, this happens over and over again, Joseph. Like, I can't. It, I'm, I'm must be dumb as a box of rocks because it probably took a hundred conversations for me to be like, whoa, like everybody keeps saying this. I keep trying to talk about business. Now, they'll eventually talk about business, but they just keep cutting back to their grandchildren. Like that's what they're living for. And that's what they're most proud of or most disappointed with yeah. is, is their interaction and, and that time lost and all that. You just hear it nonstop, like spending more time. Now, why I'm talking about this is there's wisdom there. And we all, see, we all tend to ignore it until we're re- retired too. Mm-hmm. And I just thought to myself one day, if it's all about your children and grandchildren, then why don't you have some children? To have some grandchildren as well, you so know, that you don't be, have regrets. Be pro-life, man, and you know, enjoy it. Like this is what life's about. Mm-hmm. And you know, most people that are out saying how bad it is to have more than two kids or whatever. I mean, most of them are like the third or fourth kid of their own family. Like they wouldn't even exist if their parents had that philosophy. So there's some almost hypocrisy there, right? I it's mean, so many words. Like, wait a second. So you only stand for two kids, but you're the number four. Yeah, I mean, there's so you don't stand for yourself yeah. and being alive. Well, that's not what I'm saying. Well, it's kind of what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was okay for the last generation, but now we gotta, yeah. we gotta. I have my own. We gotta cut it down. And that's what it comes down to, doesn't it? My own selfish agenda. 
my own selfish desires. No matter how you cut it, it comes down to that because that's where the uh, the uh, the friction happens. Is right? It's like, well, it was fine for my parents to do it, but it's not fine for yep. me because sure. I want to do this with my life. Well, wait a second. How does that line up with God's plan for your life? And if you're married, then you committed to a sacrament that is based solely around procreation, bringing new life into the world, mm-hmm. right? So how does that, your agenda, sit with bringing new life into the world and that vocation? So let me just clarify what I'm hearing you say, right? I'm speaking yeah, to them. Sure, is, sure. is like, okay, so you're saying you want all the benefits of marriage without any of the sacrifice. Yeah. And Absolutely. very few of us want to admit that, right? But let's be honest, that's what we want, isn't it? Sure. Just as humans. Yeah. You know, the the other thing I hear from from the older folks is more experienced folks with wisdom is I wish I had more kids. I can't mm. I cannot count how many times I've heard that from men. So Dang bring that. that into the the this topic, right? Contraception, yeah. right? Because you sat down with these older uh, gentlemen types. Uh, probably highly and successful women, yeah. and women, highly successful people in business, in the world, etc. right? You're highly connected as a business guy. I get that, right? So um, many of them speak about the pros of having, hey, I have all these kids, all these grandkids. I'm so glad I've done that. Man, in business is like, it really wasn't all that I made it out to be, right? It's all, my life is all about these Extremely successful. Right. Now tie it to uh, some of the regrets. Um, bring in maybe a story, an example of someone you sat down with and they're like, man, you know, I should have had more kids. And maybe it was because they didn't because they were on contraception mm-hmm. with their, their spouse. You know, bring us there. What, yeah. what shows up for you? Yeah, most, most people won't, won't outline to me that, you know, it was because they were on contraception. They'll just okay. say I was too caught up in my business mm. and gone too much. Um, so they didn't, they didn't want, they didn't have time for more kids, which means they use the vehicle of contraception to, yeah, I mean, keep I don't think it means when they came home, they abstain. I, I don't want to make a rash judgment, but let's be honest. If you're traveling a lot, yeah. you come home, you know, and your Sexual wife is very fertile. Like yeah. I don't, maybe you're abstaining, but yeah, but let's just say that's a very likely tiny not the case. Percentage. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's kind of. That's that's where I would hear a lot of that stuff, and you know, I there's a there's a discipline in doing things the right way, mm. and a purification aspect of it. It's a challenge, and we're human beings. We're we're not called to comfort. We're called to greatness, mm. and we we should do what it takes to do it right. Um, we should all be seeking truth. That's that's where truth has led me, is is to this. It's not easy. I can tell you, Joseph. It's it's an ongoing struggle each month. It's a decision, and it's a commitment. And there's still arguments from time to time that happen, or maybe less arguments and just more like I just want to bang my head against the wall. You know, it's just frustrating. It's frustrating like crazy, and I want to get in an argument just to like. Release it's that, a release. yeah, that yeah. frustration, you know, but testosterone, but I can't, you know, and uh, it's it's very te- it's it's very tempting still. But so, what do you do? Do you go to the gym and take it out on the weights? What do you do? I, I, do, I, do, I do go to the gym nowadays, you know, and uh, he's like, I, I'm going more frequently. <laughs> you know, I also I seriously I also try to just say a short prayer, you know, and just mm. 
I'll say, Jesus, I trust in you. So literally just surrender it up in the moment. Yeah. Jesus, yeah. I trust in you. And, you know, what, one thing I was raised with is offering things up, you know. Yeah. Um, taking something that really ticks you off and uh, using it to maybe help someone else spiritually offer it up to God. My dad would always be like, you mad at your brother? Offer it up. I'm like, girl, I'm mad at you now too, you know. <laughs> uh, but... You know, so I try. I try to do that, but look, I'm I'm not perfect, man. This doesn't this doesn't work out perfectly. I'll still get ticked off and probably be grumpier or whatever. And my wife's probably the real saint in the process. And mm. you know, so it's 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 tempting, man. It's a very tempting thing, and it's so accessible. <clears throat> I completely empathize with with people that are using it. It's it's such an easy thing to take control of. Yeah. But life is not is not our control. Like we shouldn't be controlling it. You know, we are, we are the, we are created. We are not the creator. One of the biggest lessons I've walked away with in my short life is uh, my life has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And that was really not easy to get to, but my whole life before then was all about me and my selfish, my self-centeredness. And that would tie into everything. Right. Um, But now realizing it's not about me at all. It's Mm -hmm. not about you. It's just not. It's about what's God's plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And does that that plan include marriage? Um, if you're in a marriage, obviously it does. Uh, does that plan include children? And if you're in a marriage, yes, it does. That's what you signed up for. So if you're a man and you're listening right now, Rob and I would both say, I think I go the same thing, which is, which you've called me out, Rob, on many times in the past, um, man up. Mm-hmm. Just man up. This is what you committed to. This is the big leagues, right? You're playing pro baseball now, pro football. There's, there's no excuses now. And it's not just an ideal. No, this is how you show up at this level of the game. Mm-hmm. This is how you show up for practice at this level of the game. And yes, you require that practice, that discipline, that, that muscle building. And like you said, you know, because you may be listening right now saying, well, Rob's kind of like, you know, man, he's up there. I'm not there whatever well Rob is just an example of what we're being called to every man in a marriage what we're being called to does that mean we're going to achieve it every single time and not be weak and not fall and not be broken and our humanity not get in the way our pride no it doesn't mean that at all and our father in heaven he knows that he gets that he accepts that however he asks of us choose him in that moment choose him Yep. And sometimes we will, other times we won't. We'll fall short. And I think it, you've highlighted it very well. It's like in those times, that's where you go to him and say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know, I really tried. Absolutely. I messed up again. I messed up again. Yeah, I mean, look, if there's, if there's one greatest thing so far that Pope Francis has really drilled into us, it's mercy. Mercy. And our, our God is a loving God of mercy. You know, he's not, he's not one of judgment and and like gotcha and you're going to hell you know I mean all of that stuff is is real yet he's a God of mercy and that's you know he look the mercy that he showed by sending his only son Jesus Mm. to come down to be born a man you know to live on this earth to die for our sins I mean talk about an unjust death Mm. this man was killed for us and he's, he's God. He kept everyone that was killing him in, in existence. 
and it's you know and then he rose from the dead so and that redeemed all of us so he he paid, he did the the time for our crime you know mm. that is mercy that's tremendous mercy you know and that should give us all hope um, but yeah I mean you know God meets us all where we're at and he wants us to go to the next level wherever we're at you know and I've I've had my own journey I've had my own ups and downs and this is where I'm at right now and I, I continue to work at it it's like anything else in life if you work at it I mean it takes work yeah and if you work at it you get better at it yeah if you don't then you don't. If you want a successful business, you got to work at it. If you want a successful family, you got to work at it. If you're only working at business and you're not working on your family, your family goes. Either it ends in divorce or your kids just don't want any part of you or whatever. You can't just start focusing on your kids in high school, you know? If you want a relationship with God, you have to work at it. And that's this is all part of it and it's integrated. Mm. But I think contraception has everything to do and natural family planning the whole sexual element of marriage has everything to do with spirituality, with respecting the human dignity of your of your spouse, of your loved ones. Mm. And that, that trickles down to your children. I mean, you know, if, if you can give this sacrifice to your to your wife, to your husband, and and really commit to, you know, sacrificing that time, um, to, in order to space out your children for economic means or whatever whatever the you know legitimate means are then you'll be blessed you'll be blessed for it and the benefits will will trickle down to your kids even if they have no clue directly what's going on it's just mm-hmm. it's it's all integrated your kids don't have to see you being a you know respectable businessman or woman um, in order for that to impact them yeah. you know you just you, you you stay committed to who you are and you seek truth so let me ask you this, Rob, because yeah. uh, I, I don't want this conversation to come across as, uh, you know, contraception. Okay, that's this. Um, that's one alternative. And then as a Christian, um, you know, this natural family planning is another alternative. So really break it down for us because you studied this. You researched this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, church doctrine and all that other stuff, right? So we've really spoke about God's mercy, God's ideal, uh, God's um, wanting new life, the gift of new life in a marriage with a couple. And it's also uh, from your personal experience with all these older businessmen and women, that's their number one regret was not having more kids, right? And, and whatever, choosing contraception, you know, instead of. Um, so break it down into um, really the truth, and we'll, we'll only spend a few minutes on mm-hmm. this, but I don't want to leave it hanging where is this a uh, <clears throat> nice thing to do, and I can do it just like Rob and his wife, um, but I don't have to? Um, or is this a thing that, no, this is part of God's commands on my life um, and part of his plan. It's not a uh, God saying to me, hey, I really would like you to do this, and here's some blessings if you do it. Um, or is it more of God commanding us, this is what I want for you, this is what I want you to do, and here's the benefits, and I bless you when you obey my commands. So which, which is it for you? Kind of um, share that a little bit, I think, so it's not left in this gray sure, sure. area. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, so to proceed that for one minute, I would say when you make rules or commands for your children, you do it out of love. Mm. These aren't punishments. Mm. 
right? These these commandments from God are not punishments. They're 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 a path that lead us in the right direction. That they're a guidance. So you, you picture it as a path that okay, this is this is the way I walk. Mm. You know, and it's the same as true for your kids. You don't you don't make the rules that you can't go outside in the front yard without me because as a penalty, you do it because you know there's cars out there, and if they go out in front of a car on their middle street, they could get hit by a car. You do it out of love, mm. you know. So, so contraception. It's it's wrong. It's not it's not acceptable. Now, in in terms of in in light of the Catholic Church and the, the wisdom of the Church over two thousand years mm-hmm. of of doctrine that has been developed. This has been an unwavering approach in the church. Mm. Um, contraception was very well articulated in a document in the 60s by uh, Pope Paul VI called Humanae Vitae. And it says just flat out, contraception is never, never acceptable. So it's, it's what's called a, an intrinsic evil. Mm. Not the people that are using it, mm-hmm. but, but the the use of it itself mm-hmm. okay so the behavior itself yeah. the behavior not the people the behavior mm-hmm. right we all we're all sinners mm-hmm. when we sin that's the problem you, you condemn the sin not the sinner right yeah so, so joseph what, what what you did was wrong so joseph you're wrong no no, no you're not wrong <laughs> you know what you what you did there's a problem there yeah my value um, did not diminish based ex- on my behavior. absolutely not so so yeah i mean as far as is there are times where you can use condoms in the pill? No, there's not. There's not times. Mm. Um, using it for acne, there's other uses for acne mm. than, than contraception. I've actually never heard that, but okay. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I hear it a lot. And Got it. the pill, you know, yeah, yeah. FYI, the pill also can, you can, you can get pregnant mm-hmm. and the pill will just, it'll make that whole uterine wall close up and mm-hmm. be slippery and you're, then the embryo, the zygote, mm-hmm. the embryo, right, the, the new baby cannot latch on. Yeah. And then you have what's called a spontaneous abortion. Yeah. You know, and the, death and the of baby. the baby. Right. Yeah, yeah. So the baby dies anyway. And I'd like to just throw this in yeah. just as a little tangent for a second. Uh, you know, if you do the research, right, which I, you and your wife has done, there are so many dangers um, and repercussions and consequences to using contraception for the female body. Um, that cause so much problems that uh, are not highlighted by the media and the marketing um, that is really funded by all these pro pill uh, type companies that sell the product. But girls, you're listening right now, especially young girls, right? It's like the pill can have so many uh, dangerous side effects uh, for your physical body itself that really cause problems, uh, possible infertility. Uh, Everybody reacts differently to the pill and there's a lot of science behind that so uh, the media wants you to believe that uh, the pill is good for everybody and there's no consequences it actually removes all consequences and just have sex freely uh, when in fact in fact truth uh, the pill causes its own set of side effects the pill is yes very harmful there's a lot of a lot of research behind it um, and <clears throat> For the media to be so dismissive, it just speaks to its manipulation. Any irresponsibility. I mean, you're hormonally changing a woman's body. Hormonally. Yeah. 
Like that is a drastic change. You know, they're so big on being organic and you know, all of these diets that are, you know, and no GMOs and all this stuff, like genetically modified organisms, you're, you're modifying people with these, with these pills. Yeah. So you know? when you take that, that pill, young ladies, uh, you're literally like going in and putting in the worst chemical, uh, concoction poison into your female system that you possibly could. It's, it's literally changing, transforming stuff in a very negative way in the natural function that God designed within you. And sometimes it could lead to the biggest regret of infertility yes. where later in life when you want to get married and have those kids, uh, you don't, you can't. And what a regret for a woman that hoped to have kids because you know she wanted to just have fun now and without consequences. And, and I get it, right? And I'm not going to... Say I'm innocent in any of this, yeah. right? By any look, means. So. And look, and, and most most doctors will not bring bring to attention the correlation to the to the woman who is now struggling with fertility. That you know, you've used the pill and that there's a problem there. There's a, a great book that exposes a lot of this called Unprotected. Just and unprotected. It's called Unprotected. So they could just Google that, find out now. Grossman, Amazon, yeah. Unbelievable. Got it. Cool. So, uh, first off, I want to say I get it. I'm getting a kick out of you and I, two men, uh, discussing like female biology and how ridiculous that must sound to some of the ladies listening right now. Like these guys, what are they? Anyway, um, I, just, I was a bio major in college, so <laughs> look at that. You yeah. got expertise. I just got noise. <laughs> anyway, I think that's really cool. I think you did a great job on that. So, Rob, we're about to enter the uh, confession round. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to ask you 12 quick fire questions, and you'll have about three seconds to answer each. Are you ready? Sure. So, first thing that comes to you. Okay, what is your favorite thing about being an adult? Freedom. Cool. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? Responsibility. What secret fear do you have about people? Judgment, maybe. Them judging you? Probably. Cool. Uh, if you could be anyone for the next seven days just for fun, who in the world would you trade places with? Jeez. A monk somewhere. A monk. <laughs> Some silence. He's like, unplug me from all yes. this noise. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you wish you were better at? Time management. Got it. For a guy who runs such a mega company, that's interesting to hear from you. Uh, what dream are you scared of pursuing? Being a saint. Whoa. What makes you smile more than anything? Spending time with my family, watching my kids play. Yeah, you get lost in that. Yeah, the, uh, the joy. Yep. Uh, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A doctor. Nice. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? I'd say lack of faith. Mm. Got I it. I think that's a great suffering. Yeah, because if you don't know why you're here, that's that's a tough life. Yeah. People with deep faith, I, they can't really suffer. It's it's hard for them to really suffer. Yeah, they you can know. still experience pain. They, they embrace it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
All right, imagine sometime in the distant future and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to me what it says on it. Robert walked with God and tried to glorify him through everything he did. Nice. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Well done, my good and faithful servant. <laughs> yeah, well done with five girls. Awesome. And last question, Rob. If you could come back to life and tell your family and friends only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? After I die? Yeah. If you could come back to life and share one piece of advice with your closest people that you love, what would you say to them? There's a God and there's a heaven. So live, live the life that's going to get you there. Cool. Rob, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, you could email me. Um, email, email address. Anything yeah. you want to share? Yeah. rreynolds at avesta.com. Okay. Um, That's R as in Rob. Reynolds at avesta, A-V-E-S-T-A dot com. Rob, thanks for joining us today. And we wish you the love, forgiveness, and transformation of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Joseph. You got it. Cheers. Friends, I'm Joseph Warren, and you were made for greatness. Head over to BrokenCatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day, and remember that God the Father loves you. He's fascinated by you, and he wants to show you his awesome plan for your life. Now go spend quiet time with him, and I'll see you on the next show.